0: Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast. Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al Hamamsi from Middle East. Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world, where everyone's voice could be heard and listened. Every week, we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S and OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website AHMEDKHALED .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Our guest today is a very unique guest. He is Khaled Al. Khaled Al is the CEO of Halwani Brothers. And let me give you like a quick introduction about Khaled Al. Khaled Al he is a mechanical engineer by education. His passion of understanding economics pulled pulled him mostly to study economics for one year post the graduate level. Khalid worked for the two top FMCG companies in the world, PNG for 14 years and Unilever for eight years. Uh, Khalid was the customer development vice president at Unilever, who managed the route to market inside Unilever globally. And the period between the two companies, he worked with uh, Firouz International with a different industry and different challenges for five years. Uh, Then he landed into general management for the past uh, five years as a CEO for uh, Regina, for pasta and food industry. After that, uh, he joined the Morai, definitely as a GM for Egypt. And uh, what can I say that Khaled, he has almost 27 years of experience in the business in terms of sales, marketing, business, development, uh, customer and shopper marketing. And definitely what makes Khaled very unique is the ability to share with others and change the world. Uh, I can say that he is one of the best and amazing storytellers who can mix a very complicated topic into a blender and put it in a very simple way by his great way of storytelling. So may I ask you please to welcome with us our global thought leader today, Dr. Khaled Aal. Dr. Hello and welcome.
1: Hello, hello everybody. Hello. Uh, hi, Ahmed. Uh, hi, Ahmed. Um, uh, so happy to be with uh, the
0: two of you here.
1: Uh, first of all, a small correction here. because it's, There are 27 years of experience commercially, plus five as a general manager or CEO. So in total, it's 32 years. Wow. Well, well, well I know that I, I appear much younger than the, uh, the actual age. Those
2: are 32
1: years of consistent uh, commercial experience. So thanks for the intro. I'm so much happy and pleased and I feel privileged to with you and with your respectful audience today.
0: Thank you so much Khaled. Let me firstly thank you for accepting our humble uh, just invitation for the podcast. And definitely it's something new for us, me and the Hamamsi and I'm sure also for uh, the audience that they will join today. Something related to the, uh, to the economies. We have never talked about this and definitely today we will have great values and we're looking forward for it so just before we can jump into the audience yeah yes please this is me just I'm I'm saying hello just for technical challenges (laughs) in case so it was working (laughs) thank you for uh, the intro so we have our friend and our brother Taibaji he's sending all the best thank you so much Taibaji for sending this yes our friend Ahmed Mishal is sending his greetings. Also, hi all. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Our friend Muhammad Mahfouz from Egypt. Hi to everyone. Thank hi, you Mohammed. so much Thank for you. tuning in, Muhammad. Our friend Marwa Ramadan. Looking forward for today's topic. Thank you so Thank much you for tuning in.
2: Yeah.
0: Our great friend Aliyah Rafat. Why the screen is black, or it's my problem? I think, uh, can, guys, yeah, can please reconfirm. Everybody seeing? <laughs> yes.
2: everybody's seeing us? Please. I think Sorry. we have Jaffer, Jaffer, Jawad from Bahrain. Uh, maybe yes. it's from uh, Ali. Uh, problem with Ali's uh, internet or something. Yes. Yeah. yes.
0: Please feel free just to uh, post, guys, if there is any technical challenge, and we can fix yes. it. And uh, we have our friend. Raymond, warm greetings from you, uh, from a gray, oh. wet and cold Bristol in the UK. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you for much, tuning, our brother. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have great friends today. Sharif Hassanin. Great oh, to actually. be with you all. Thank you so much for being here. Jafar is confirming that it's good. okay. That's so great. thanks. Great. I think that we oh, can yeah. start our episode. <laughs> it's safe, yes so again dr Khaled uh, pleased to be here with us it's, it's a pleasure to have you and uh, we keep hearing and uh, i heard from you that there is something called a stagflation so just very curious to understand what is the stagflation
2: yes okay. everyone is, is clear about inflation and i think recession but stagflation maybe uh, <laughs> it's not it's not very clear <laughs> to everyone
1: okay Uh, First of all, thank you very much for picking this topic on stagflation. Um, I think it was smart of you to pick stagflation. Why? Because actually today we are living in stagflation. So it's extremely important for the audience, actually for the wider audience, to know what stagflation is, how to um, handle stagflation, and what's the way going forward to survive a stagflation uh, period. Well, a textbook definition of stagflation, stagflation is a combined word and it is made up of two parts. The first part is stagnation. The second part is inflation. Uh, I'm sure we're all familiar with what stagnant is. Stagnant is the exact opposite of growth.
2: So if we have a growing
1: economy, the opposite of a growing economy is a stagnant economy, an economy that doesn't move, that does not grow. That's the definition of stagnant. Then inflation, we all know that inflation is associated with price increases in general, as as described by the consumer price index. So I'm sure that most of our audience are familiar with inflation and what inflation is, and they are also familiar with stagnation and what stagnation is. So today the term is when the two of them happen at the same time. This is inflation, and this is usually coupled with a very high level of unemployment, and also about shrinking to the industrial throughput. As you know, there is also another term which is familiar in economy, uh, and that is uh, the CPI, uh, sorry, the PMI. PMI is the Purchase Managers Index. Mm -hmm. There is also another measure where um, economists, when they try to measure how the economy is um, uh, performing, they check with all the purchase managers about their ability to buy. And the quantities Mm -hmm. they buy on every single month, month in, month out. So when the purchase managers index is going down, uh, unemployment is going up, inflation is happening while stagnation is around the corner, then this is described as stagflation. And unfortunately, what we're going through now that actually actually started more than a year ago, uh, as the economists describe it, this is classic textbook stagflation.
2: Thank that's you. that's uh, very clear. I think, uh, Doctor, and as Ahmed said, you, you have a way to explain it easily. I think uh, uh, it, it it clicked in, in our minds now. What about what's stagflation? And uh, Doctor, what led us to this uh, stagflation? From your point of view, and uh, yeah, I mean, what happened? Why? Why are we now in this uh, stage of, uh, of stagflation? And when do we reach? When do economies reach this uh, this period?
1: Okay, I'll I'll just try to um, refresh our memories. Uh, Two, three years back, and actually, I would split this time into three parts. The pre-COVID-19, during the COVID-19 and post-COVID-19. Pre-COVID-19, there was an overall um, economic slowdown. So the world was still growing, but at a smaller pace. So that was Mm a time prior to COVID. Stock market was doing okay. Uh, the uh, stock exchange in general was stable, uh, inflation uh, numbers were under control, unemployment was okay, but the economic growth was slowing down. I'm talking about the whole world economy growing at between one and a half to two percent only. So there was, mm-hmm. there was growth, but slowing down. Then came the uh, COVID 19, and with COVID 19, what happened was that many of the economies locked down, they went into complete lockdown. Industrial output slowed down, um, and with that, supply dropped, demand dropped, and there was an overall chaos, all the economic measures were heading south. And most of the economists realized that this is bad for the economy. And that's why they started to open up a little bit. Even countries like UK, for example, they opened up uh, completely. During the past two years, and I'm talking about 2020 and 2021, there were three disruptives all over the world. The first Mm -hmm. one was the commodity price increases. Mm -hmm. Did not only start in 2022. So that actually started two years ago. So there was a global surge in commodity prices. The second thing was an energy crisis. The price of uh, uh, petroleum oil, prices of natural gas, and all the energy sources in general, picked up significantly. Then the third thing was interruption in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And actually, by interruption of the supply chain, here I'm talking about sometimes lack of containers, um, many of the ports were locked down. It wasn't that easy to have access to, to, to raw material, for example. And here there's a very important point uh, to realize and recognize, which is that now we're talking about availability was at risk, affordability mm-hmm. was at risk, then accessibility as well. Because for example, if I'm a manufacturer and I wanted to source uh, certain raw material like for example in the case of the car manufacturers in Germany i talk about the chip as you know the chip crisis in China they could not source the, the microchips needed for the car industry uh, There was a complete uh, halt in the uh, output of the German manufacturers so if the product or if the uh, raw material you need is available that doesn't mean that you have access to it because mm. first of all it needs to be available, and you need to have the financial capability to buy it. Then, even though that it's available and you have the money to buy it, but there is no guarantee that you can have access to it because sometimes, mm-hmm. because of the supply chain, you cannot get hold of a certain raw material that you need. All right. If you cut all of that, was actually characteristic of like a prelude for stagflation. So between twenty twenty one and uh, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Those were the three disruptives that we all felt as the business community. Then comes the beginning of 2022 with the uh, Mm -hmm. Russians invading Ukraine.
0: (laughs) I think that uh, there is some some
2: technical... technical yeah, okay,
0: so. no, no worries. We'll come back into sending some greetings for our yes, lovely so audience wonderful. till yeah. our Dr. Khalid come back. So we have our friend Jose cannot see you. Just a picture of full. I think that it's now working well. And please confirm, guys, if you can see us uh, well. Our friend Aziz Abazi. Good evening. Greetings from Georgia. Great to see Uh, you again, thank you so much. Dr Khaled came back. Okay, I'm back, sorry for that, sorry for that. No, no, not at all, not at all. all. So
1: so we said, I mean, throughout the past two years, um, we had a surge in commodity prices and we had a surge in the uh, energy cost, and that has actually impacted the cost of shipment and transportation Mm -hmm. from one place to the other. Then we got the uh, supply chain interruptions. Then if you add to this the Russian-Ukraine war, Uh, that can actually tell you uh, how critical it was for um, uh, economists and manufacturers to source the raw material, the packaging material, to be able to produce anything to meet the demand of the whole world. It's very important to realize that post-COVID, people wanted to open up, people wanted to go out, they wanted to consume, so now we faced a very high demand across the board. While at the same time, there was no, not enough supply to meet that demand. But on one side, people willing to open up. People want to travel like in the past. They wanted to consume. They want to get back to life, while manufacturers and producers could not meet that demand, and that has led to inflation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So that's the inflation <laughs> part. Talking about stagnation, what made stagnation happen uh, is, again, the
0: I think there is a oh, drop, yeah.
2: little bit. A drop, a little bit yeah. no, no worries. No worries. We come yeah, back. Let's I let's back get let back. Work,
0: yeah, definitely. I think we have great topic today, guys. So please engage with us regarding regarding any question into your mind. I think we will come back into your uh, questions once you are uh, you're done. We have our friend Ahmad Makram. I'm really impressed with this live it looks nice and looking forward for the topic thank, thank you so friend. much for your uh, great words uh, Ahmed. Mm-hmm. our friend dalia uh, rafat she's saying got it now thanks thank yeah, you so much for being here i think is, now. it's it's working definitely yeah. our uh, friend uh, cigar, uh, thank you, cigar for joining thank this. you Start so much joining. i think we have the first question and we'll come back to it once uh, dr khalid came back we have our friend Ahmad Qasim. How can the, com- the current conflict affect on the stagflation? Definitely, yeah. it will be our co- first question in yes. this episode. We'll come back to it. I think it's uh, talking
2: about the war and how can it affect Yes, it?
0: Definitely, yes. yes. Dr. Khaled, welcome back. Okay.
1: Yeah. okay. Actually, if I want to um, just answer this question, how can the current conflict affect the stagflation? Actually, um, you're adding uh, oil to fire. Um, but again, uh, w- with that, um, I'm, I'm sure you know that there is interruption in the supply chain. People actually cannot source wheat from Russia or Ukraine, for example. So actually, you are putting more pressure on the supply side. You cannot supply like before. So that's one thing. Um, and, and again, the, the demand is surging. So on one side, the supply is, is getting impacted while the uh, demand is actually increasing post-COVID, uh, as I said. So that's one thing. Uh, second thing. Um, Commodity prices are increasing big time with the um, uh, energy costs increase. There is also cost in freight and dispatch. The shipment is also affected negatively with that and the cost of insurance as well. Because now and again, there is also this thing about uh, moving money around. We all know that now the Russians um, are actually kicked out of the SWIFT system. So actually, if I am in Egypt willing to source some of my products out of Russia, I cannot do that. I cannot transfer the money. Uh, That's one thing. And again, um, the cost of insurance is very high, uh, even for Egypt. Let me pick the example of wheat, for example. Uh, Egypt cannot import wheat, neither from Russia nor from the Ukraine. And now we have got to resort to more expensive sources like uh, getting wheat from Europe or from North America, for example. And If you add to this, the cost of freight the cost of insurance, which has surged big time, you can imagine, you can imagine the challenges that the Egyptian government is facing mm-hmm. today. And actually, they started to seriously remove the subsidies, the food uh, the, the yeah. bread subsidy in Egypt, which is going to be, uh, which will have uh, a lot of social repercussions if, if the current government dared to take a price increase uh, to bread.
0: Thank you, Dr. Khaled, about this one. And I'm so curious just to ask you, with the current state that uh, and the war that's happening in Ukraine and Russia, between Ukraine and Russia, uh, if you're a CEO of this region exactly, what could be the, the I would say, the solution? Because I know that this, this political situation could affect the, the business drastically. What could be the ways, I know that you have great experience in that, what could be the ways to survive the business inside these two countries? To to tell you the truth, uh, adaptability, because now
1: adaptability became like a critical skill that all CEOs should have. And what do I mean by that? If I'm a country that is totally dependent on export, for example, then I've got Mm -hmm. to shift my business model from export and focus a lot more on uh, domestic consumption. And actually, Mm -hmm. what helped China... Uh, during the COVID-19 is that they already have uh, a large market. We all know that China is the factory of the world, and the Mm -hmm. Chinese economy has always been designed to cater for export out of China. During COVID time, the Chinese economy kept growing. I mean, it wasn't impacted negatively. Why? Because they have uh, local demand is so huge. They have 1.6 billion in population. So immediately they shifted their focus Mm -hmm. from exporting into local consumption how did they do that they reduce the interest rate they encourage the chinese to move and consume and travel a lot they encourage them Mm. to buy homes by reducing the mortgage um, um, Mm. uh, cost and that's why uh, they must be resilient flexible and adapt to the situation if i'm a ceo for example today i'm trying my very best to replace uh, domestic raw material by the uh, imported ones, because you know how challenging importing um, uh, any uh, raw material is. So I would work a lot more on developing the local suppliers, uh, increasing Mm -hmm. my market share, going local uh, vis-a-vis going global. Because you know what, for the past 20 years, all the economists have been promoting globalization, but actually today, (laughs) globalization cannot serve you.
2: You Yeah, localization.
1: (laughs) True, very true. And you need to focus a lot more on sourcing the raw material locally and looking after your local consumers. And actually globalization or actually exporting comes at a later stage. If I would satisfy my local consumer base first, I'll be happy with that. And we started seeing many of the countries putting export ban. And that's Mm -hmm. a joke because in the past, People used to put some restrictions on trade because they were worried about uh, international markets impacting the local producers. Now it's the other way around. They don't want mm-hmm. the local producers to export, they want to satisfy the local need Local first.
2: markets. Uh. Okay,
1: and actually, we started seeing Russia doing this, Ukraine doing that, and actually Egypt. I'm sure that you have been reading or hearing the news lately. That Egypt has put some bans on exporting especially food mm-hmm. and culture products so now people are acting uh, and actually thinking local a lot more than uh, global that's what yeah. i would do if i were a ceo working in russia on ukraine
0: thank you khaled i think that you just triggered one thing which is that the current state that most governments should really encourage that localization and this is, this is a, in terms of economies, definitely. So, uh, as you said that just, it's not only about uh, exporting, you can, you can encourage the, the, I would say the, uh, localization, how we can develop your suppliers, how can you move from a uh, global into local wise? Because most companies, I think after COVID 19, most companies, they realize that, uh, that's especially supply chain is very disruptive at any certain point of time that you could get out of the market and your business will not be sustainable uh, totally because yeah. your supply chain network is has a global network so the more you focus on localizing i do believe the more that you will be more sustainable inside the market itself because again companies they were looking into globalization because of they want to reduce the supply chain because they want to centralize their stocks they want to, do, to reduce as more as they can for their margin sake of margin but now they moved from a centralization into decentralization it came with a cost, but and it also dilute their margin but at a certain point they can just compromise this for their future i think i i can echo your voice about this one thank you so much for this uh, amazing uh, just uh, a story so if Actually, you allow me I, should... I think
1: there's there's one question regarding what's the best investment um, that um, These days, as you all know, gentlemen, this is like a very tough time. It's a a VUCA environment. Uh, During VUCA environment, people prioritize the basic needs. And by the basic needs, I'm talking about three things in particular. It's healthcare, it's education, and food and beverage. And actually, it will vary. So the best investment is one of these three. But um, um, if I'm talking in specific about this part of the world, we, don't have, uh, we have food shortage. So food shortage is a big threat, to, uh, whether it's to Egypt or the Middle East in general. Uh, and during the lockdown, you need to at least source your food domestically. Mm-hmm. So I believe the best thing for the governments of the Middle East is to focus on food and beverage, and in particular, to the industry and food business. It's the two things. How can you have... Um, accelerate your um, um, agriculture throughput and how can you turn that into industry? So for me, the best thing is um, agriculture-based industry. So it's the Mm. food industry and agribusiness in general. Um, I know that uh, people used to look at agriculture as an old-fashioned and people thought that to be modernized, you need to move from agriculture into industrialization. But Mm -hmm. you see, The time has changed and now all governments, I'm talking all governments need to be a lot more focused on agriculture and on food industry based on your own agriculture. So that's a quick um, reply to one of the questions uh, mentioned here. Thank
2: That's you. great I think it's part of the localization that we're talking about, that countries start to depend on, on themselves and not to export or not to import from uh, from from the other countries, especially with the, all the rising costs that you're talking about, insurance and all this. So, yes, definitely great answer. I echo your voice here.
0: Thank you, Khaled. If you can, just allow us to come back into our audience. We have our friend Mahmoud. He's saying good evening from Riyadh. Very important topic, especially nowadays. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, I think we have another question from our friend uh, Jose. He's asking how lack of transportation works. I think that he is talking about the the, the freight and the, the lack of uh, containers. Containers in this
2: problem. Yeah,
1: see, again, I said we have three challenges. Number one is commodity price increases. Number two, energy cost increase. Number three is supply chain interruption. Mm. And that's accessibility. That's the accessibility part. So sometimes actually whatever you want to buy is available and you have the money to source it, but actually you don't have accessibility to it. I just mention one example regarding sesame because I, I buy a lot of sesame. Sesame is usually sure. um, um, available in Ethiopia or in Sudan, mm. but and, and we have the money to buy sesame. But as you know, there is like a, a military coup in Sudan and there is like friction uh, all over Ethiopia. So even though that Sesame is available in Ethiopia and Sudan and we have the money to buy it, but I don't have access to it. So that's yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing, and it's a global thing. If you remember the ship that blocked Swiss Canal, remember that mm-hmm. case? That yes. was maybe a few, few months back. So again, it's just one simple sh- ship. Uh, that drifted along the Swiss Canal, and it causes the canal to be blocked. And again, there was like a long queue of container ships awaiting to pass by the canal. So again, it's you cannot blame anyone here, but again, it's a supply chain interruption. If you have uh, like um, uh, a port closure or mm-hmm. lack of containers, for example, Uh, Or, for example, um, uh, port going uh, on strike, port labor going on strike. Again, it's not about availability or affordability. There is an important element called accessibility Mm. and start to impact the business big time now. Because I know, for example, that the world is also, is not only short in number of containers, it's also short in number of ships. And the reason for Mm. this is the uh, unavailability of steel in general, because there is like Mm -hmm. shortage in steel ore, and a result of the lockdown during COVID as well, steel factories did not operate enough. So there is less ships than needed and less containers than needed. That's why there is an interruption in the supply chain in general.
0: Thank you Khaled so much for this uh, amazing answer. I would say. If he allows, just we'll, we'll come back into the next uh, comment. Our friend Ashraf Aziz is saying, Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for the effort educating us truly. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you yes, so much. Thank you. Our friend uh, Ahmad Ali Khan, very productive discussion. Thank you so thank much. You. I think uh, we have another question from our friend Ahmad Qasim. How can companies survive in the stagflation time?
1: Okay, an extremely (laughs) important question. Thank you so much, Ahmed, for this question. Actually, we were planning to discuss that question today. Yes. Okay, you see, Ahmed, um, price increases is inevitable. So it's a fact of life that all companies will have to take um, price increases. But we're just trying to delay the inevitable. It's going to happen whether we like it or not but we need to play it smart. And Mm. before we decide to take a price increase, there are five steps that we need to do uh, to avoid or delay price increase. To start Mm. with, you need to start by forward buying deals as much as you can, because you know that if you buy now, it's better than buying tomorrow. And if Mm -hmm. you buy tomorrow, that's better than buying the day after tomorrow. All right? So the smart ones, they have like... uh, proper business forecast, and they know how to spot their buys. So if you mm. know that prices will increase, two things happen during inflation time. The value of the currency erodes. The value of mm. the currency erodes. Your $1 today can buy you something. Uh, to buy the same thing tomorrow, it's going to cost you a dollar and half, for example. Mm. So you, you better uh, buy today. That's one thing. Second thing, you know that the price of commodities will definitely increase tomorrow and the day after. Mm -hmm. Um, So and that's opposite to cash is king, because, you know, in in the past, even our parents used to educate us that cash is king. Today, cash is not king. Cash is a curse, because if you keep cash today, the value of your cash will drop tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. if you have commodities or products today, their value will increase tomorrow. All right. So, the first thing that you need to take to survive stagflation, number one, try to have like forward buying deal as much as you can. That's one mm-hmm. thing. Second thing, you need to go through cost optimization across the board. Whether cost optimization in the cost of your supply chain, how can mm-hmm. you increase productivity? How can you increase uh, efficiency? So, for a business owner, you need to challenge every single line across the PL. In your PL, you have the direct material costs, you have discounts and allowances, the trade deals, um, mm. anything that you should do away from people, of course, because during that yes. time, actually, you need to look after your people. So I'm not here discussing layoffs or people optimization. <laughs> Talk about How can we enhance productivity mm. and efficiency? For example, if there were certain things that you used to do in-house, maybe this is the time to consider outsourcing if outsourcing Mm -hmm. is cheaper, for example. Mm -hmm. All right? So the second thing you need to do is to challenge your cost structure and actually appoint one owner for every line for the cost structure. Second thing is mix improvement. What do I mean by mix improvement? Mm -hmm. If if you are managing a company, you don't make the same level of profitability from every single item you have. So you better focus on the ones that generate more profit for the business. Mm -hmm. And again, there is also some productivity projects uh, on the product itself. Like, for example, when you source a local raw material vis-a-vis um, yeah. importing once, so if you can have backward integration, for example, if you have a certain raw material that you were importing before, try to lobby uh, with some uh, industry partners or sister companies, try to streamline your operation. In a nutshell, you need to exhaust all the cost Um, um, optimization or rationalization projects before you take a price increase. So the fifth thing you can do is take price increases and you need to do that very tactfully and progressively. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, first of all, you need to be selective on that because you are not targeting um, everybody by every product you sell. Some people are more sensitive to price increases vis-a-vis others. Mm because As you all know, Now, the socioeconomic classes is divided into three parts. The first part is have lots, those who have uh, enough money, those who have abundance of money. For them, they're not that price sensitive. Then you have the middle class, or what we call the haves. So they have enough money to make ends meet. Then you have the have-nots, those who actually struggle uh, uh, to earn their living and make ends meet, all right? So some some people are uh, more sensitive than others on price increases, and you need to be uh, actually very cautious about it. So that's one thing. Sometimes you can resort to price decrease because again, for the have mm-hmm. lots, everybody's looking for value. Uh, I know that this might uh, surprise some of our audience because the definition of value would vary from the rich people, from the definition of value for the poor people,
2: for mm-hmm. the rich people when they buy a Rolex. I think also... For a while. Let's take uh, some of our yes. lovely audience comments.
0: Yes, sure. So we'll jump into our friend Jose.
2: He's saying one
0: ship. I think Khaled, he came back. Yes. Dr. Khaled.
2: Yes, welcome back.
0: We cannot hear you, Khaled. I think you're uh, no. you're muted.
2: You're muted, I think, yeah. We cannot um, hear you. Not yet, no.
0: No problem. OK, OK, we'll yeah. be waiting for you. Okay. Okay. No problem at all. So uh, we have Jose. He's saying one ship cannot change the cost from 100, uh, 10 to 100. Where the containers are, they didn't uh, they disappear. I totally agree with you, Jose, uh, in this point. But I think what happened due to uh, the, the. We had this call, if you remember, also with Sara and our friend uh, before. I think one of the challenges that the, the spike in the the cost that mm-hmm. happened in the containers, the, yes. the un- unavailability of the containers because of the law of supply and demand, they were not in equilibrium. I think Dr. Khaled came back. Yes, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. yes, we yeah. can hear
1: it. Okay. OK, great. I was just trying to explain the, the principle or the concept of value. Because everybody's after value. But the definition of value would vary from the rich and the poor. So for mm-hmm. the rich man who 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 I mean who buys a Rolex watch, he believes that he's making a good investment. And that's a good value. Because for him, uh, that's, that's a hedge for his money. Because he knows that with time, the value of his Rolex will definitely increase. And it's the same thing if you are buying a Mercedes car. It's a very expensive one, but you know that this is a good
2: value for money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think it's dropped again. Yeah. But having uh, no, some problem. Problems. So, but no problem. So hey, if you allow me, I'll come back also to uh, the same That's question. Let's go back to the same question of the containers. Yes. Yes. For Jose, I think it's, uh, it's the game of the demand and supply and the uh, Due to the, the 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 unavailability, I would say, in the containers, and that has been said by Khaled, uh, even the ships itself, there was a spike in the demand. And if you put yourself in the the place of any freight uh, forwarder or any just uh, shipping lines or uh, the the place itself, if you have a, like a high demand, you will be, you will have the, the the power and the ability to increase your cost and to increase your price uh, in that that way. So that's why this the spike happens and at the same time also just cycling or recycling the containers itself it takes a a long time i would say that the recycling itself takes time to have it like that uh, that way that's why this spike that happened in the the cost itself it happened that way just regarding what will happen in the future honestly just uh, once this equilibrium happened again in the demand and the supply I think by this way again there will be a competition between shipping lines again, and there will be a, a, a game on, in in just the price. Uh, I would say price game. Then we will
2: come price back. Prices will start to, to uh, stabilize, yeah. but I don't think this. Will, I think this will take time. Especially if we went again into a war, and uh, things are still not not stable. Maybe sure. not this year, I believe. Sure.
0: So welcome, Khalid. Again. Thank you so much. Sorry, sorry for that. Not at all. Uh, Not at all. So,
1: so I was explaining the the concepts of value for the rich man and and for the poor man, uh, because he has limited cash or the cash outlay he has is so much limited. So for him, value is is the cash outlay itself. So can I buy a loaf of bread for fifty piastres? Can I buy this particular cloth for ten pounds? Etc. Everybody's looking for value. So, so should we, as manufacturers, uh, again, uh, for example, the value for um, a, a, a diapers uh, user, if I'm mm. a rich man, I'll buy the value pack. OK, because mm. I think that I'm, I'm making a good deal on this. When I buy a pack of diapers, which is 100 diapers, for example, I'm making um, better money um, per diaper. However, for the poor man, he can only buy one diaper or a small pack because that, yes. that's what's suitable for his cash outlay yeah so if i'm a manufacturer i need to know my consumers pretty well and i know the definition of value for them and i actually hammer on that so for example if i'm producing shampoo for example
2: yeah i was smoking. just going sorry to interrupt you doctor i was just going to talk about this with this uh, specific uh, example that when they introduced the small sachet for the shampoo i think it was very clever to meet this uh, consumers to meet the consumers who cannot afford spe- uh, only for one uh, bottle washing, one wash uh, really it was a great hit you see yeah.
1: even, even though a uh, uh, price per milliliter is more expensive on this sausage <laughs> right yeah, it is yes. more expensive but for the poor guy that's a good value because he knows it's, that he can buy it for one pound for something. example exactly okay? however at the same time For that uh, shampoo full-time user, he would buy the big pump, which is like um, 750 ml, all right? And he's paying maybe 50 pounds for this. And he Mm -hmm. believes that he made a good buy Mm -hmm. out of this, which that's the definition Mm -hmm. of value for him. So everybody's looking for value. Um, However, it's very important to know that consumers react differently to price increases. So not Mm -hmm. all of them respond to price increase in the same way. OK, and actually, I think that topic of uh, diapers would be very interesting for our audience uh, to spend some time explaining this. We know that Pampers um, is the most expensive diaper, all right? So how would people react to a price increase of Pampers, for example? If I'm a rich man, um, I wouldn't worry at all. If I'm using mm. Pampers for my kid, I will keep on using Pampers, all right? However, I'll be looking for the best value in Pampers, the big bulk Pampers, because I'm buying it in any way, so I, I better get a good deal out of buying Pampers. Mm. However, for the middle-class um, um, shopper who used to buy Pampers, then he might actually shift from Pampers to a cheaper brands, or mm. he can move into system usage, like buy Pampers, because Pampers is premium, and they can use it out of home. However, I can mm-hmm. buy a cheaper brand, for my kid whenever he's at home, all right? Then if I'm a poor guy, I can drop diapers altogether and then get back into napkins or kafula, like in the past. (laughs) So people don't respond the same way. Mm -hmm. Actually, their response would vary by category and by the socioeconomic class and by their economic viability, whether they can afford something or not. And that's the biggest threat we have here.
0: Uh, if you allow me, if you allow please, me. Please, please. I think, Thank you. Dr. Khaled, uh, the five steps that you were mentioning it, I think that you, ca- you should write it in a real book. And oh, I like what you said when you were speaking. And I think this is the implying on the quality of leadership when it comes to uh, just uh, focusing on your profit or focusing on your margins and some companies, they don't compromise on that. I, I, I remember what you're saying that don't touch people, don't yes. touch this inside European then overheads, don't oh, yeah. lay off. And you, you give it from all aspects. It's not only one aspect because you take, take it from the downsc- downstream and upstream. So most the companies, when they are under pressure of just achieving their margins, the easiest way the easiest ways that they can take it's taking a price increase regardless what's happening and regardless uh, which uh, the product segmentation how it looks like uh, the price index on the channel itself how it looks like regardless and they end up with spending more and more and more when they have this price increase that just for fancy p and l's they spend more and more and more money in the trade just investment just compromise and when it comes to reality you will see that margins got diluted more because some just I don't want to say bad decision but it's unstudied decisions that people that they take it quickly just price increase and this is as you said that it's and, uh, yes yes and again the
2: same uh, as you said uh, this two things price increase and laying off people uh, again they they get to 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 see that for example they lost a lot of uh, of talent at, as they take this and a part of a uh, time of crisis they take that but as Mr. said embrace your people during that time and embrace the talent that you have because they are going to to pass you through these hard times and uh, maybe lose some experience that you cannot uh, gain back even if you get uh, other people from other companies but they don't have the, the experience of the culture of, of the company uh, that that you you're working in and that it uh, may take them like one or two years to adapt with uh, with, with everything that's happened so definitely was uh, great uh, great steps and thank you for sharing with us all this great knowledge.
1: You see it, it's very important for all businesses definitely to, to, to protect their gross margin. I mean there's nothing wrong trying as a CEO or as a general manager to protect your margin. However again there is a huge watch out here that while we're getting into stagflation uh, markets are actually
0: I think we have we a drop again, drop a little again? Bit.
2: Yeah, let's, let's take quick comments still. Uh, sure. Dr. Is back so with us. So
0: we will jump into our friend, what no, we have now, Dr Khaled came back. Yes,
2: yes welcome back.
0: Un- Unmute Dr Khaled. Unmute Dr Khaled. We cannot hear you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so till Dr Khaled come back let's yeah. come into our friends so we have Raymond he's saying the Sway Swiss Canal blockage and increasing Russian airspace closure shows how fragile the supply chain transportation infrastructure is there seems to be very little flexibility and adaptability to use alternative route and solution without uh, the airlines,
2: I think, or airline, yes, yes, yeah. definitely,
0: definitely 100% with you, Dr. Raymond We'll be waiting for Khaled. You can hear, we we cannot, we cannot hear you, see,
2: cannot hear you,
0: yeah, 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 we'll, yeah. we'll be waiting That's for right. you. No, no, no yes. problem. So, um, uh, we have also our friend Runi
2: friend from california garden thank you yeah, Roni, for joining and it's so so nice to to hear from you thank, thank you
0: thank you so much Roni, for tuning in our friend mohammed Ateya, he's saying in principle welcome to the great economic man professor khalad i would like to brief summary of the most important challenges facing large companies in light of the condition of the coronavirus and the war between ukraine oh, and so the russia thank here. you yeah. yes Thank you, Dr. Khela. Yes. We can hear you now.
1: Okay, I think there was one question regarding what's the biggest threat that any business is having these days. Um, Actually, the biggest threat is business interruption. Because actually, we are running a business, we are getting some input, we do a process, and we are expecting some output. So anything that can cause business interruption is a big threat. Whether it is the availability of raw and pack material Mm -hmm. or uh, power shortage or inability of labor or inability to export. For example, anything that can cause business interruption is a big threat. I remember very carefully that the simple uh, toothpaste actually includes 89 different ingredients. I know that this will sound like a surprise to many of our audience today. <laughs> Imagine that any of these ingredients, any one of these ingredients is unavailable or out of stock. That can cause Unilever to stop producing toothpaste, for example. So yeah. any, anything that can cause business interruption is a threat to me, whether it's a power shortage, uh, it's the absenteeism of a particular labor or inavailability of raw material, or if I'm having my sales force um, getting COVID-19 and they are unable to go out there in the street and sell the products. So anything that causes business interruption. Yeah, I was just saying something uh, of interest, which is that gross margin is important because that's a measure for how healthy the business is. And of course, we should all thrive to protect the the gross margin. There is nothing wrong with that. However, because we are getting into stagflation and during stagflation, many of the markets will actually contract. They will actually shrink.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: very important to protect your gross, sorry, your market share as well. Market share as well.
2: Market share, yes.
1: Because here, we need to think about the three different elements of growth. Consistency of growth. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. Profitability of growth. And more importantly, how competitive we grow. And by competition, because we don't want to be obsessed by protecting our margin to the extent that we lose our market share. Mm -hmm. Because, Because again, one day, this will be over. So you want this when it's over that you are still holding your market share. To the contrary, you actually improved your market share. Because yes. it takes a lot more cost and money to get back to the previous market share.
2: That's that's will take me actually to a question that came up to my mind now. How to protect your market share? And uh, during this time, also, people tend to cut the marketing budget or they don't want to spend. So <laughs> how, how to make that? Uh, you,
1: you see, you see you, your consumers are not stupid. It's very important to realize that one day this crisis will be over, all right? And as a business, you must be concerned with three people, actually. With your suppliers, because it's very important for for your suppliers to see you a good customer for them. Like you need Mm. to pay them on time. You need to be very Mm. punctual with them. You need to cooperate with them. So they need to see you supported. Number Mm. two, your own people. Your people need to see you how you react to these tough times. Are you getting into uh, salary cuts uh, or layoffs or are still looking after your own people? Number three is your customers. Customers are also important because you simply produce and sell to customers. Are you cutting on your investment, the investment that you do with your customers or not? So it's very important that people see how you behave, whether it is consumers, customers, suppliers, or even your own people, and you need to act responsibly. Um, talking about the market share, how can you protect your market share? To tell you the truth, if a market here today, I'll have so many challenges because the media is <coughs> changing significantly. Mm-hmm. For, for a marketeer, you don't know whether to advertise online or in-store. You want to go on billboards, on, on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to spend in Carrefour or doing promotions or consumer activities. You need to be very targeted. So during the lockdown, for example, You need to focus a lot more advertising with e-commerce platforms. You need to
2: be
1: available where your shoppers shop. Mm
2: -hmm. That's what
1: really matters. So if your shoppers are staying at home, browsing uh, on Amazon or Jumia, and that's where they do the transaction, you need to be there. If they are watching TV, you need to be there. If they are out there during the traffic time, you need to be on billboards. But you definitely need to chase where they are. It's very important to realize that in order for a transaction to happen, there are three important moments of truth. Hmm. There is the first moment of truth when the consumer goes to a supermarket to buy your products, whether he finds it or not. So that's the first moment of truth. There is the second moment of truth when he buys the products and goes home to use it and whether it met his expectations or not. And before these two moments of truth, there is the zero moment of truth where actually he's watching TV or browsing on Facebook, and actually you meet him with an advertising for the product that you are trying to sell him. So in order for the first moment of truth to happen, there needs to be a zero moment of truth, and in order Mm -hmm. for the second moment of truth to happen, there should be a first moment of truth.
0: Love the philosophy. I like the philosophy and these steps... Uh, um, I don't know what to say, but really the stories that you were saying, uh, Dr. Khaled, it's really enlightening to us. And uh, the way that you look at it from just not only from a customer, a consumer, from the business, from each side is really marvelous. Thank you so much for this great storytelling and th- th- that opens our, our eyes. So if you allow me, I think that we have a question. Please. Uh, our friend Jose is saying how you calificate your sales people when market are shrinking.
1: Ah, OK, well, it, it, it's very important to realize uh, how important your sales people are. Uh, it's very important that they feel that you look after them. Um, I think this is the time you make their life easier. So, for example, you need to save the time um, they spend on loading, offloading, etc. <laughs> Uh, For example, one of the techniques is to do night loading so that when Mm -hmm. they come to the warehouse or the distribution center in the morning, their trucks are ready for them to drive and go and hit the market. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing. Incentifying (laughs) them uh, and I mean, rewarding them fairly, training them so that they can Mm -hmm. actually be more productive. Because at the end of the day, the salespeople, they get rewarded for the sales they make. And you need Mm -hmm. these sales to be consistent and and sustainable (laughs) as well. And to do that... You need to work on two things it's their willingness to sell and their capability to sell willingness no. because you need to show them how important the role they are playing is so you need to give them some self-esteem because again if you have the best product in the world you have the uh, the world's greatest marketing plan without selling that is rubbish so it's yes. very important for them <laughs> to know the importance of the role they are playing. So you need to give them that kind of self-esteem. They need to know that you appreciate and value the challenges that they are going through. Because actually, the salespeople are more exposed than anybody else to catch COVID-19. Because yes. you see, mm-hmm. you are sitting in the your office, yeah, yeah. you are less exposed to COVID-19, but the salesman would actually go out there, he works in the field, he interacts with so many different people of, uh, every single day. And that's why they are more exposed to covid 19 or to challenges in general than the office-based jobs so you need to give them appreciation and fair uh, reward as well
0: thank you khaled so, so much, much for that yes i think this will bring us to another question khaled from that point also when it comes to the people so especially when we spoke about the stagflation What could be the consumer behavior in that time when there is a stagnant inflation from your experience?
1: Okay, definitely consumers focus on the basics and on the necessities. So this is not the time to go for uh, luxury items. Uh, Consumers usually focus on now, on today. Uh, You you remember during the COVID-19 time uh, when people went out there fighting over uh, a roll of toilet paper, for example, Mm. because for them a a, a roll of toilet paper was more important than anything else Mm -hmm. actually I remember actually my daughter at the time was studying in in, in the UK um, and she was there and she explained to me exactly what happened she needed um, any paper tissues uh, to sneeze all right. and when she couldn't find any she simply got a paper from her notebook because that Mm -hmm. was the only paper that Mm -hmm. she managed to get hold of So during that time, that was what really matters. So consumer behavior during tough time is actually the focus on the necessities. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I remember carefully uh, in Egypt during the Arab Spring, the sales of food items almost got doubled and the sales of the non-food items shrank significantly. So this Mm -hmm. time you you focus on the core SKUs, on the absolute necessities. I know that... uh, um, for example, companies working in uh, non-food items, they struggle a lot during that time uh, vis-a-vis companies working uh, with food in general. And the consumer, because he has limited cash, they will definitely prioritize the absolute necessity.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. Khaled, uh, I keep saying that uh, just time is flying as usual with these great values. I would like to thank you really for your great time and your amazing stories Uh, honestly I didn't understand or just I didn't uh, know what is the stagnant inflation maybe I heard about it but the way that you describe it and mention it uh, through your amazing storytelling was really enlightening definitely it was a pleasure having you today I Hopefully guess. that we can host you more and more and more. Give us live like, so, sessions, uh,
2: values, and uh, really we had uh, a lot of fun. And I think the, all the thank audience you. from the interaction from uh, all our lovely audience also and the questions that came in. So we're blessed to have you today, and uh, thank, you so thank you so much for your time and thank you for all our lovely audience. Really, thank
1: you, thank you, gentlemen,
0: thank so much. Thank you so much. Thank much. Thank thank you. So much
1: Thank you, Khaled. Thank stay you, Ghalid. Thank you. Stay safe,
0: gentlemen. Stay safe. Thank gentlemen. you. Gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co. We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in SOP. have a wonderful week ahead